Well, it's suddenly uh, not so crowded in here. The, we'll, this is always that moment as a preacher where you think, should I start? Should I wait for all the parents to come back? I, I don't know. Anyway, while you're here, and they'll just have to work it out for themselves uh, later. We're, we're, you, you may be aware, uh, we're starting our week of prayer and fasting uh, tonight, today, um, but particularly gathering uh, tonight. We start each term um, with a period of prayer and fasting three times a year. It's just really important that we get hold of God together. Uh, we listen to him. We make room to hear what he's saying. We want to follow his lead, don't we? Let me hear a yes in that and an amen. Yeah, well done. Yeah, I know it's gone quiet for a moment, but you can, you can still respond. Um, so tonight, 7 o'clock, we're going to be down uh, in the cafe, using the little cafe stage and cafe area. We'd love you to join us tonight. We'll just take an hour or so. Um, if, you, if you've been around some of our fire pit sessions in the summer, it'll kind of be like that, but without fire inside, don't, just in case anyone's <laughs> nervous about that. Um, so uh, we'll be in the cafe, 7 o'clock. We're just going to worship together, um, room for uh, what we call street one another to exercise the gifts of the Spirit, uh, and really just spark uh, one another and fan into flame the gift of God as we start this this week of prayer. Absolutely, the Holy Spirit's with us. Then through the week, um, I know Mark and Julie, uh, morning Mark and Julie, Kendall, they're with us at home this morning. Mark and Julie are going to lead uh, lunchtime at 12, is it 12 a.m. or p.m. midday? I never know. P.m. Midday. Um, <laughs> although you seem very confident. I still feel anxious about that. The middle of the day, 12 p.m., uh, 12.01 p.m. if you come late. Uh, and uh, each day on Zoom um, through this week, um, those are always beautiful times that they lead. Uh, and and uh, we just wanted to prioritize that through the week. So just take a pause in the middle of your day. If you're at work, put the headphones in, find a quiet corner somewhere, uh, join the Zoom. The, the Zoom link will be, I think it was in the Thursday email that came out, or it will be on our Facebook page uh, each day. Please join in, participate uh, I know the Lord's going to speak to us through those times. Um, and then Thursday evening, we're gathering again down in the cafe space and uh, on Zoom as well. Ken and Valentina and Danny uh, are going to lead that time. Um, and we'll connect in with some friends around the world as well as uh, praying for some of the things the Lord's doing here. It's exciting, isn't it? Um, a little bit different for us, just mixing it up a bit. Um, we're just encouraging you. Uh, again, I'll, I'll put the link up on the Facebook page. On Friday and Saturday, we're running a church planting conference with our New Ground family of churches uh, and uh, relational mission uh, as well. And we're really encouraging you, rather than doing our own thing on Friday night, usually we have a night of prayer here. We're just encouraging you, hey, join in with the Friday night. You have to sign in and book in, uh, but it's, it's a free booking um, and just an opportunity to pray, to worship with some of our friends all around the world, to hear some of the bigger picture again. I think Thursday night we'll be praying into the Portuguese-speaking world. Um, and uh, with Yuri from uh, Ukraine. Uh, but I know on Friday night we'll, we'll, we'll be all over Europe and, and all over the world. I really want to encourage you to take part in that. Uh, the conference runs on Saturday as well. If you want to take part in that too, you're really welcome to. But certainly Friday night, I'd love to see uh, Lossie there on the Zoom. So there we are. It's a little bit of, uh, bit of news. Is that enough, do you think? Yeah. Did you want to say anything about the serving team stuff down the corridor? No, you don't. Okay, that's fine. Just checking with Kaz there if you think I'm talking to myself here on camera. Uh, I mean, I do do that. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not unusual. Uh, but I was actually talking to my wife and just checking with her. So um, if, if you've been with us the last few Sundays uh, in September, we, we've got some opportunities to serve on our Sunday serving teams. 
uh, that we're highlighting as you stay with us for tea and coffee, go down the corridor, you'll meet some amazing people you can talk to, hear a bit of the story and the vision behind what's going on and find out how you can play your part. That's good news, isn't it? Um, and also, finally, wow, what a load of news, but um, let's talk about it while we can. Uh, maybe I'll mention some of this as we open the word uh, in a moment. Our discipleship pathways are so important. These are the ways we're going to grow as disciples of Jesus over the year ahead. And, and so um, by the end of the month, we'll be launching our new pathways to discipleship, small groups, uh, some courses, um, and some huddles that give you opportunities to grow. We would love everybody to play their part in a discipleship pathway in some way. All the information is on the Love Crawley uh, webpage, and you can have a look, see what's going on, see what fits around uh, where you're at and your schedule, uh, and find a way where you can grow and help others grow as well. Discipleship Pathways. Get yourself signed up for a start at the end of September. Wow, there we go. That's enough, isn't it, for now? Brilliant. That's good. Should we open a word of God? Let's do that. Move on. Thank you. It's great having some uh, little prompts here. You know, in the theater, they whisper it from backstage, but... Uh, I'm glad we're just doing it all out in the open. Great stuff. Oh, Jesus, we just thank you for your presence with us. Lord, it's a kid's song, but it's true. You're so big. You're so strong. You're so mighty. Lord, there's nothing that you can't do. Uh, and the opposite of that is you can do anything. <laughs> you can do anything. There are no limits. You are unlimited. You know all things, you can do all things, you have all authority, you have all power. Oh, thank you so much. We're gathering around a, such a God. <laughs> wow. Would you just come and pour fresh faith in our hearts this morning as we open the word, as we consider our own lives. Lord, we, we pray for a release of, the, of fresh faith in the unlimited, unstoppable God who's at work amongst us and at work in this town. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Lord, as we gather tonight, I pray you'd, you'd just meet with our hearts afresh. You'd stir up the gifts of the Spirit. You'd you know, release fresh faith. Lord, I pray for those that are coming, that are sick tonight, that are longing to be healed. Lord, as we lay hands on the sick tonight, I pray you'd release healing, healing miracles, Lord. You'd accelerate what you're doing in people's bodies. We pray for the one or two I know that are coming, that are really locked up in their situations right now, that are coming longing for you to do something fresh in their lives. Unstoppable God, would you release something afresh as we pray? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You're not bound or limited by any of you're God you can you can do as you please oh thank you thank you Lord so just catch our attention again today speaking Lord as we've been looking at this short series on being the body of Christ we recognize again you're our head you, you, you you're the one that brings direction Lord where you go we follow where you work we want to be oh thank you where you're leading we're going to go and so Jesus we just open our hearts to you we submit ourselves afresh to you this morning and at the start of this week of prayer, of week, week of prayer and fasting. What, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? What are you looking to build into our lives? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Just give us ears to hear, we pray, and hearts to understand and courage to be obedient to what you're saying. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, I've opened my eyes and some of you have come back in the room. That's, that's good news. Okay, we've been looking um, as I was praying there and learning that the Church of Jesus Christ is not like any other organization on planet Earth. Um, just move that there. Um, uh, uh, there's lots of picture language in the Bible to describe who the church is, some metaphors uh, that are used. Um, I'm getting a signal, Ben. You're, uh, great charades. Hold the mic higher. Okay. Does that make a difference? Good news. Okay. 
I'm no good with charades. I couldn't even get Karen's game, although the kids are amazing. So there's loads of picture language to describe who the church is, uh, the army of God, um, the bride of Jesus Christ, the temple we're being built up into, the household, the family. They're all amazing pictures. They're worth dwelling on and teaching on. For me, the most incredible metaphor or picture of who we are as the people of God is the body of Christ. And as we've just been praying, not only are we the body, but he is our head. Um, and it's, it's at the heart of our vision as a, as a local church. If you're new to us, if, you, if you're joining us for the first time, maybe you're watching online today. Or maybe, like me, you've been around years, but we forget sometimes. Where are we going as a body? What are we doing? Who's God called us to, to be as a local expression of the body of Christ? What are we growing into? Sometimes we ask those questions. We just get busy in church life and we forget, hey, we have a simple biblical vision here. We're, we're a worshipping body. We're committed to worshipping Jesus, our head. We're committed to growing as his body, growing strong and healthy in our discipleship. We're committed to growing together in our unity, in our community, in our love for one another. And we're committed to making disciples and growing and spreading from here, not just to Crawley, but to the ends of the earth as the body of Jesus following where the head goes. And that's why we do all this stuff. That's what our Sundays are about and our disciples discipleship pathways and our prayer meetings and our giving and our serving and our serving of the poor. They're all really important things, um, but they lose their focus and their purpose if we forget that we're doing them because we're the body of Christ and we're going somewhere following his headship. This morning, I want to carry on with this little uh, series. Danny was looking last week at, at uh, who we are as the body. I think I looked week one at the headship of Jesus. Today, if I had a title, it would be anybody, everybody, somebody, and nobody. Anybody, everybody, somebody, and nobody. Yeah, that means all of us. Uh, by the way, if you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure if this message is going to apply to my life today. Hey, when it's called anybody, everybody, somebody, and nobody, I think it includes all of us. And just want to look for a few minutes before we, we pray uh, together at a few honest snapshots or pictures from the Bible uh, of, the, of the church, the body of Christ in action. Some things we can learn, perhaps. I, lo I love the honesty of the, the scriptures. Um, it's not like those, remember in the old days, you used to get a holiday brochure from a travel agent. And uh, you'd look and think, wow, that hotel looks really lovely. And, and you book and you pay your money. And then you get there and you think, wow, it doesn't, doesn't look like it did in the brochure. They may have airbrushed that picture. Uh, they may have pushed things. That, they may have just um, cropped that building work, construction site, kept that out of the picture. I only saw the pool and the sunset glinting off the pool. I didn't see the construction site. Um, you know those kinds of pictures? The, the, Bible, uh, the Bible isn't like that. The, the Bible is honest. Um, the Bible shows us. Um, every kind of facet of the church of Jesus Christ in action. It, it's, it's good to know, isn't it, that even in the scriptures, the church of Jesus faced some of the struggles that we face and down through the ages has faced these struggles. And this morning in these snapshots, perhaps we get to take a look in the mirror again at some of the beauty of the body of Christ, the church, but some of our flaws, honestly, as well. Snapshot number one, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we could read all these verses, but I'm just going to pull out a couple for you and maybe give you some context. I'll pick up from verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. Uh, he says this, the body, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, all the 12s. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts 
And though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. So we get the analogy there. He's talking about our human bodies. You've got these individual parts. Here's my hand. Here's my, my foot. But of, of course, they are all part of a whole, a, a body. They don't exist independently. They're part of a coherent whole. He says, do you get the picture here? So it is with the body of Christ. It's the same as the church, he's saying. Verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. And then he goes on to explain that analogy again and go into more detail about how the, the body works, different parts, but all working together. It's a nonsense if you think that one part of the body can work independently. Um, uh, how was the rest of the body function if that was the case? Down to verse 27 where he sums up by saying, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Each, have a look around here this morning. That means each one of you, um, we can't see you on YouTube, but each one of you as well, we're part of the body of Christ. The church is one body, many parts. If you've grown up in Sunday school, you know this stuff. You think, come on, stop laboring the point. It's really important. We remind ourselves if, if you've grown up in church. Maybe this is new news to you. Great. I hope you're as excited about it as I am. But if you've grown up in church, we get bored with this stuff. No, it's really, really amazing. We're one body, but many parts. We're united by the same spirit. There's an amazing unity and diversity in the church of Jesus Christ. The picture here in the scriptures is not of independence. That is the spirit of our age. This is, folks, this is what we're fighting against. When we come into a church community and we sit in our seats and we come with all the culture and the discipleship that the world give us, gives us, we are not going to form the body of Christ. We're going to form an independent collection of people. We're going to be the very thing Paul says the body is not. We're going to be a collection of hands and feet and eyes and ears, but we don't necessarily function together. Paul says that's not who we are, uh, but he paints a picture of interdependence through the Holy Spirit, a dependent connectedness, if you like, with one another as a part of the whole. And he says we're all involved, anyone and everyone. How do we get in? He says in verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. We were all given one spirit to drink. So this if you've been baptized into Jesus, that means if you've repented of your sins, you've got born again, you've been baptized in water. And I think part of the package is we get baptized in the Holy Spirit as well. And Paul says, you're in the body of Christ. Um, you're included. Whatever your background, your history, whatever identity you think you may have had strongly before you came to Christ, now you've been baptized into him, you're in the body of Christ. You're part of this body. In Paul's context, he's saying to his crowd in Corinth, some of us were Jews, some of you were Gentiles, non-Jews uh, from the Greek and pagan world. He says some of you, he's talking to a crowd like this, could you imagine if uh, Tim is there as a slave owner uh, and um, Ben is there as a slave and yet here they are worshipping together in church. Uh, praying for one another, maybe in a small group, um, maybe in a small group, Tim serves Ben with food and, and shares bread and wine with him. Maybe Tim, as the slave owner, washes Ben's feet and then Ben goes back to his work as a slave. Paul says, this is who you are now. Once you were Jews, once you were Gentiles, once you were slave, once you were free, but now we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit. We all share in the same body. It's powerful stuff. It's revolutionary teaching this, isn't it? And the context here Paul is speaking from is when the church gathers to worship, like we're doing uh, this morning. We worship in other ways, at other times as well. This is not the only way the church worships, but there's something about the body coming together in this way. 
So he's saying, pagans or Jews, you've been born again to follow Jesus. There's a whole new way, as you can imagine with Tim and Ben, there's a whole new way of learning to relate to one another outside of the way you related before you were born again into Christ. You two can have a coffee afterwards and chat it through. Um, There's a whole new way of learning to do relationships, of what the Bible calls one anothering, of worshipping together. And when Paul writes in these chapters, he's addressing some of those things. This is the context where we don't just pull a verse out of context in the Bible. We want to understand it. He, he writes earlier on that some, into some of the customs of his day about how men and women are to dress when they come to worship. He speaks to things that are timeless later on about how we uh, share communion, bread and wine, about our heart attitudes. In these verses here about how we operate with the, the spiritual gifts, the gifts the Holy Spirit gives we can't live and worship together naturally as independent people with such diversity without being born again into Jesus and without receiving the Holy Spirit. It's clear the Holy Spirit is the one that unites us in his body. One body, but the same spirit, I think verse 4 tells us. He's the source of everything. And so we're all different parts of the body, but we all have a part to play. Am I speaking to anyone this morning or am I just reminding myself? Have a little wave. Okay, that's good. Guy's got it getting it this morning. It's good for you, Guy. It's good for me too. Verse 26 reminds us, um, if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices. There's this beautiful mutuality going on here. We're all in it together. Whatever your background, whatever my background, however we may have seen ourselves, now we've been baptised into Jesus. We're Christ's body. And every one of us has a part to play in it. We don't have perhaps the same kinds of uh, divisions that Paul was addressing in the Corinthian church. But we're crazy if we think we don't face in our culture and society ethnic divisions, social and cultural divisions. Hey friends, they have no place in the body of Christ. No place in this body. We've, we've come in together through the same doorway, Jesus Christ. We've been born again. We've been baptised into Jesus. Whatever you think your old identity is, however I've seen myself, I've got a new primary identity now in Jesus Christ. and I'm part of his body and I'm united with others so that we play our part in a new way. Uh, there's all kinds of kind of drop-down boxes that you get to tick when you fill in forms these days. Am I white British? Maybe you think yourself primarily Romanian, black, Latino, Asian. Maybe you're left-wing or right-wing in your politics. Maybe you're Brexit or EU. Maybe you're anti-vax or pro-mask. Maybe you're conservative on your theology or you're more towards the liberal end. You can pick whatever identity you want from the drop-down list of things we can divide over, but they are all secondary when we get baptized into Jesus Christ and we become part of his body. As Paul says to the Galatian church, Christ is now all in all. He's our head. He's everything. And in his body now we come together and those other identities become secondary. And with the Spirit's help, we get to unite together, to strengthen together, to grow together and to serve each other and to reach out to the world around us. Let me hear a hallelujah. Wow. And friends, this is not a subjective feeling Wow, and um, we hear this all the time. We, we express this ourselves if we're honest. Um, it, it's, it's who we are. Like, often we hear uh, or we feel the, in our own minds, I, I don't really feel part of this body anymore. I'm not sure I fit. Um, I've not really been connecting. That's the language and the thought of our independent age just rubbing off on us again. Remember verse 27 says, Now you are, you are the body of Christ. 
the way we think and the things we believe from the scriptures affect how we behave, don't they? Um, if I'm convinced by the scriptures that, that we are the body of Christ, then however I feel about how well I'm connected or not becomes secondary. It's another issue I'm facing. Because of my identity as the body under the headship of Jesus, I'm going to start behaving in this way uh, of connectedness. It's no surprise when I think independently that I begin to behave more independently. I, I begin to submit less to Jesus, uh, particularly in this stuff of the, the body. And funnily enough, then I start to behave in ways that disconnect me, that dislocate me. Have you ever had a dislocation? Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? I came back from my one skiing trip once with my thumb hanging down the side of my wrist. It was all pretty badly dislocated. It, it doesn't work, funnily enough, and the whole body feels pain. Hey, if, if you've got dislocated, disconnected, if you're saying some of these things in your head this morning, don't feel very connected to this body anymore. Hey, we've, we share your pain, um, but we're under the headship of Jesus Christ now. We're not independent. We are interdependent. I've made the point. Let's have a look at another snapshot, shall we? Turn over to 1 Corinthians 14, just a couple of chapters. Um, we'll pick up verse 26. Paul's still writing into the context of, of worship. What shall we say then, brothers and sisters, when you come together... Everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All these must be done for the strengthening of the church. And then he goes on to give some very specific instructions about how those spiritual gifts operate elsewhere. In the New Testament, we get other spiritual gifts that are mentioned and how they function in church life. Um, being part of a body, not being independent anymore, affects how we worship and it affects all of us. Hey, I, I'm not involved in the worshipping life of the church. I can't sing or wear a shirt like Ian. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be in the worship band. Um, it's a lovely shirt, Ian. I, I, I just come to the meetings. I'm just watching on, online. No, no. You're part of the body of Christ. You're part of the worshipping body of Christ. You have a role to play. I like, imagine if Josh had said that this morning. I'm not, I'm, I, I lead solid. I lead the youth team. I, I'm not involved in the worship of the church. We'd have been deprived of, of that uh, prophetic picture that he had that encouraged and provoked us this morning because Josh was in the meeting and felt, oh, I've got, I've got something to bring this morning as we worship. And so, again, we demonstrated something of the, of the body in action. Bill and Tan and I listened to Josh. We kind of weighed it together. Is that helpful to bring now? Is that something that might, might break into our meeting and take us off course? Or is, is it going to help? us exalt and lift up Jesus and encourage one another will it build up the body we felt yeah sure it will and so we said Josh please share it and Josh played his part for the whole body um, in helping us shape our worship do you understand how it works it's out of the scriptures that's why we do it in this way when you come together everyone has there's a beautiful diversity of a worshiping church we've all got something to bring we've all got something to give as a disciple in this body the question is not are you going to take part in the worshipping life of the church? That's an assumption from the New Testament. The question instead is, what am I bringing with the, with the part that I play, with the gifts that I have to build up and strengthen others as we gather to worship? It's, a, it's such a richer view of worship as a community together. And in verse uh, 26, um, yeah, Paul's already spoken about the parts of the body being different. They work together to make the whole body function as God intended. And so he gives us a practical outworking of this. And as I say, with Josh, 
picking on you, Josh, if you watch this later, I'm sorry. Uh, we've seen something of that, a little snapshot of that this morning. Here in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 14, we get a picture of how the body works when we worship. Some sing. Some teach adults like I'm doing this morning or teenagers from the scriptures as Josh is doing now or kids from the scriptures as Alice and Gloria did. I don't, I don't know where puppets fit into 1 Corinthians 14, but we'll worry about that some other time. But there were actual people behind them. I, c- I can say that in an adult meeting, can't I? Oh, maybe not. Sorry if I've upset some of you there. Um, some speak in tongues, the gifts that the Holy, the language the Holy Spirit gives. Some interpret that gift of tongues. There are other gifts as well that we use when we come together that aren't listed here. What's the outcome? All of us are strengthened. That's what verse 26 and 27 tell us. All of these things must be done for the strengthening of the church. We've been using body language. Paul changes the picture here. He's now talking construction imagery. It's like the building site. Um, the idea is, he writes about this in uh, really beautifully in Ephesians, of the, of the temple of Jesus Christ being built up layer by layer, brick by brick from Jesus, the cornerstone, into this kind of living construction where Jesus dwells by his Holy Spirit. That's what's happening when we worship together in this way, recognizing we're the body. This diverse, multi-gifted, worshiping church is a body that gets stronger in action. We get fitter. The whole body, not just individual parts. Be no good, would it, if, if just the people with the microphone get stronger in the use of their spiritual gifts? We'd be like one of those guys, maybe you see at the gym, that works out in front of the mirror, just on his shoulders, day after day, and he can only walk through doors sideways, but he's got tiny little legs and waist. You know those guys? Have you seen them? I'm a bit jealous, really. I don't have shoulders like that. I'd love shoulders like that. But we've got to build the whole body, haven't we? And Paul is writing instructions here that help us to make sure that there are no parts that don't get built up and strengthened as we worship together. It's not about those leading. It's not about performance. Um, Everyone gets to participate and we grow up together into the fullness as the body of Christ. Why is Paul writing this way to them and perhaps provoking us today? It's because they're not always doing this very well and we need to hear that today as well. It's an honest snapshot. I wonder if Paul was writing to the church in Crawley. What would he say to us? Let's briefly look at another snapshot. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Just read a few verses again, maybe just give you the context. Uh, Just pick up from verse 9 and 10 of Galatians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, if you're looking for it in an actual paper Bible. Um, Verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. Anyone weary in doing good? There's a lot of weariness around post-COVID. People have been working so hard, serving one another so well. Caring for one another outstandingly, serving and loving our town with unrelenting love and compassion. But people are weary. Wow. Paul says, let's not become weary in doing good. That's a word in season for us, isn't it? For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Wow, help us not to give up, Lord. Come and strengthen us again. Verse 10, therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. This passage, Paul really starts writing about this subject way back in chapter 5, verse 
13. And again, he's not using body language. He's talking about the household of faith, but it's the same point that he's making. And he's kind of making this point. He's saying we're, we're free now in Christ. We've been born again, as we've been saying, but this freedom is to be used to serve one another, to serve our brothers and sisters in the family, in the household. But instead, he says in verse 15, rather than serving each other, we bite and we devour each other. I wonder, honestly, again, here's an honest snapshot of church life. What's our experience of being part of the body of Christ been like over the years? Has it been, at times, a family serving one another in love, loving our neighbor as ourselves? Yeah, of course it has. It's, it's beautiful when we see it that way. But honestly, if we've been around church a little while, has there been some biting and devouring? Yes, there has. Some of us here have been chewed a little some of us here maybe have done some chewing. Um, Paul says, beware of destroying one another. He's speaking about, it's like a kind of self-harm, a self-destruction of the, of the body. It, when I go back to my old independent identity, when it's all about me and my rights, when I forget I'm part of this body of Christ, when it becomes about my needs and my freedom and my preferences, because I'm connected to all of you, it becomes destructive. It becomes a, a form of self-harm, a mouth biting a hand or a foot kicking the shin or shooting myself in the foot, if you like. You get the message here. Um, so Paul takes a whole chapter here to remind the Galatian church, you're not functioning well as the body or as the family, but we're living by the Spirit now. And this is not freedom in Christ to hurt one another, but by the same Spirit who uh, we, we now have freedom to see every part of our lives and our relationships and our worship and our work and our rest impacted by this new unity of the Spirit. It's a beautiful passage. And this is how we function. So verse uh, chapter 6, verse 1 onwards, um, he's reminding us, hey, this is how you handle it. If someone's caught in sin, you don't chew them out. Here's how we work it out together. Or when someone thinks above themselves more highly than they thought, here's how you handle it because you're part of the household of God or the body of Christ. Or when someone has a burden that needs to be shared, they don't have to carry it on their own. Or as we read in our verses, verse 9 and 10, when we have the opportunity, because we're part of this kind of household, this kind of body, we're, gonna do, we're free to do good to everyone, especially those within the household, the family of faith. Anyone, everyone, someone, no one. They've been, you may, have, may or may not have noticed, they've been key words in all of these passages that we've looked at. They give us the emphasis and remind us how this body thing works. These three snapshots we've looked at, they're, they can be quite negative. We've looked at when it doesn't work so well. Um, Paul's writing to churches to admonish them where they're not always getting it right. He's writing to every single church of Jesus Christ today when he writes the, the word of God is living and enduring. It writes to us, speaks to us today. Um, and uh, hey, even if you're new to us, even if you've come since COVID thinking, wow, this, this new church that I've discovered on, online. And, hey, if you're with us for the first time this morning, maybe you're thinking right now, this is great, I love this. Um, hey, stick around for a few weeks. You'll, you'll find that we're like the rest of the body of Christ with some areas of amazing beauty and dignity, but some big flaws as well because we're part of this work in progress that is being formed one day. Uh, changing pictures again, Jesus says, we're the bride being prepared. One day we'll be without any blot or blemish. We'll be spotless and clean and beautiful and right and ready but right now you'll find us with all our imperfections as well as all the beauty 
But we see it in the positive too. Maybe we'll just uh, round up with these and then come to some application and prayer. Acts 2, 42, uh, somebody read, I think, in our prayer time this morning. I-, I love that everyone's and anyone's there as well. Everyone met together. Everyone shared everything. There's another great little summary passage of the early church in Acts chapter 4 that tells us everyone was united in heart. They shared everything. No one had any needs amongst them because anyone who had land or finance brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Here's a positive expression of the body of Christ growing up together. Uh, let me just do one more as well. 1 Timothy, um, uh, 2 Timothy, sorry. Um, chapter 1 and verse 5. Uh, right at the end of Paul's letters. I spilt my uh, bottle of water over my Bible at Garden Church a few weeks ago. Now all the pages stick together. Um, It's hard to find some of these uh, letters, (laughs) the shorter ones. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. uh, I'm in 1 Timothy. That's why that makes no sense to me as I'm reading that. Here we go. 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. Paul's writing to Timothy. Uh, He says in in his intro, my my dear son, my son in the faith. Uh, And he says, uh, I long to see you. Verse 5, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois. And in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now also lives in you. What, what's this snapshot about? Well, there's an overlap. If you you know Venn diagrams, these you've got the household of faith. It's a circle here. Household of faith, and uh, the the church, the body of Jesus Christ. It's a great illustration if you're trying to see that on the camera or even in this room. Um, And there's an overlap between the the home where there is faith in Jesus and the functioning body of Jesus Christ. You and and me, we're all included. I love the way Paul writes here. It's so personal. He speaks about your grandma and your mother, Timothy, your grandma, Lois, and your amazing mum, Eunice, uh, and Timothy, the son. We're getting a picture of a home where faith gets spoken about, where Jesus has been welcomed, where these have been parents and grandparents that have struggled to work out, oh man, how can I, how can I do bedtime prayers with this toddler who doesn't want to listen or sit still, or this teenager that I'm forcing them to pray around a, around a table and they don't seem to be taking anything in, but I'm going to persevere anyway and put some worship music on on the school run in the car. And anyone else experience these feelings? That's what Paul's writing to. Or maybe it was just us in our, in our house. Uh, okay, one or two more have been honest with me here. This is what Paul's writing to here. Um, and so you've got this family that are battling at home to bring a son through into the faith. And then you've got this man from the church, Paul, who's invested enough in young Timothy's life to be able to say, Timothy, you're my son in the faith. Isn't that amazing? I grew up in a church where we had church aunties and church uncles that prayed. They weren't my actual aunties and uncles, although I think when we were young, we weren't really sure. Um, But they spoke into our lives. They prayed for us. They taught us in Sunday school. They invested in our lives as much as our parents did so that, like Timothy, I would be brought up with what Paul was able to call a sincere faith. Friends, this is what it looks like in the body of Christ when everyone who has a part to play plays their part. A grandma sat here this morning, a mum, a kids team, a youth team, disciples growing up that impact the world around us. That's why we're here doing what we're doing. Anyone, everyone, someone, we're all involved. When a kids team leader says, these are not my children, 
but I want to serve with what I have from God and want to add to what a parent is already doing or a grandparent is already doing so that this young disciple grows up into sincere faith. That's the body of Christ in action. When a small group leader who's just saying, yeah, in these discipleship pathways, yeah, I'll run another small group. Uh, These people don't live in my house, but I want them around my table. I want them on my sofa on a Wednesday night. I I want them in my Zoom on a Thursday evening so that I can help them grow up into all that Jesus has for them. So that in a year's time, they're not stuck in the same things that they're stuck in now, but they've grown up into maturity in Christ. That's the body of Christ in action. That's what we're doing here with all these structures around church life. So we see in these snapshots, not, not necessarily the church that we are, but the church we long to be and the church we long not to be. And in the body of Christ, anyone here can grow. And everybody's got something to give. And every one of us has something to receive. I just wrote out this little phrase before we uh, come and pray and worship some more. Um, there's no room in the body of Christ for people who think they're somebody who think they can be independent. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The first will be last. Blessed are the meek. But this is a home for nobodies who know they're nothing, but have Jesus as their head. There's stuff we do in a family to serve one another. Responsibilities we take because of our care and our interdependence. We're not going to get busy with too much. The things we do must be things that our head, Jesus, is directing us in that are vital to our core purpose of worship and discipleship and community and mission. But because we're family, we're going to honour one another above ourselves. We don't wait for somebody else or anyone else and end up with nobody. Um, At times we'll go slower so that no one gets left behind, lost or forgotten. Because everyone's looking out for someone. That's why we've got socially distant seats and why we're trying to do things well on YouTube and connect with a church and do prayer meetings that are on Zoom and in the room. Because everyone matters in the body of Christ. Everyone takes their place. Everyone offers their gifts, their time, their prayers, their offering in this body. You get the message. You see how it operates here. It doesn't work without you and me. Connected to our head Jesus and the amazing body of Jesus begins to function as we should, full of his life and his spirit. Ian, Tina, come and help us and just maybe say a couple of things in application. What are we saying? Wow. Here's one thing we're not saying. That's always good. What are we saying? Let me tell you what we're not saying. Um, I think through September we've been very wary of doing a kind of the church is back let's fill some rotors let's get things let's get the machinery of church working again let me be honest with you there are some rotors we need to fill there's stuff we need to do there's jobs to do but we're looking at the amazing body of Christ here. it's something much much bigger than that in on all our beautiful and messy diversity filled with and led by the spirit we're not looking out thinking ah oh, here's a new person I wonder if they could fill this job I wonder if they could do that job we We don't measure like the world. We don't cut off those who are not very useful and graft in those who seem like they might have something that they can function in. Um, We don't don't want to measure people here. We treasure people. I think that's how Jesus works. We don't measure, we treasure. That's a phrase worth remembering. So our foundation for growth, and just just start playing something beautiful. Our foundation for growth and life together is, is out of our deep love for Jesus, a deep love for one another that treasures the whole body. Even if you're sitting here this morning saying, this is great, but I don't know that I've got anything to contribute. I haven't got anything much to contribute. I want you to know you are treasured. You are loved. You are as valuable a part of this body as the guy with the microphone is right now. And so with patience and care 
for one another. We are learning to give out of our love and connection to Jesus Christ, first and foremost. It's my responsibility and it's yours as well. So our application today, maybe for one or two of us, we just need to change our mindsets, get off that fast train of our Western worldview, uh, my rights, my independence, what suits me and my preferences. Maybe we just need a moment this morning to think like a disciple of Jesus for once. What am I meaning? Who can I love today? Who can I impact today that will be strengthened if I open up my heart to them? Where can I serve in the next few weeks and months? How can I show my worship of Jesus in practical ways? Where can I exercise my spiritual gifts to build up others? Friends, this is how our body grows and this is the practical application. We can sing a song and pray a prayer, but it takes you and me saying, I'm going to walk in this now under the headship of Jesus. Wow. I'm just going to leave that there. I sense the Holy Spirit. Just Why don't we stand up together? Lord, thank you. We're members of the same body, filled with the same Spirit, baptized into Jesus. Thank you that we've died to all our old thinking, all our old agendas. We really have. Thank you that we're under your headship now. Thank you that we're able to grow up into something so beautiful, so new, so distinctive in the world for your glory. If there are any here that are saying, or maybe with us online right now, how do I become a part of this body of Jesus Christ? It's been in all the texts we've looked at. You repent, you believe, you get baptized, you receive the Holy Spirit. Would everyone just close their eyes for a moment? I I don't know your hearts here. I don't know whether you've followed Jesus wholeheartedly. I don't know whether you would describe yourself as part of the body of Christ or not. If there's anyone here that hasn't followed Jesus, or you say, no, I'm, I'm part of the church, but actually I've never got around to being baptized. We want to baptize you. We want to take this teaching from the Bible seriously. We want you to be able to play your part fully in the body. So if you're with us online, you can put your hand up as well. If you're in the room, just pop your hand up now. I'll, I'll see you. We'll help you take the next step, uh, get you baptized, help you function fully in this body. If you're with us online, please just send a message uh, as soon as this meeting's finished to let us know, yeah, I want to follow Jesus or I'm ready to get baptized. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. I just sense in my heart as we were talking through it earlier, maybe for some there's some forgiving to do. I've been bitten and devoured. I've been chewed. Yeah, it's time to forgive. Don't let's move on in this next phase of church life, still holding on to some of the old hurts, some of the old scars, some of the old bruises. Yeah, it wasn't right. Yes, it was wrong. (laughs) Yes, it's not how the body should be. But just forgive, release now. Bring it to the cross. Maybe there are some who have been doing some chewing. You need to repent this morning. Stop chewing and biting. It's not a body where that's going to happen. So just repent now. Leave it behind. Come to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Why don't you express your own prayers to him? Thank you, Lord. Why don't you lift your own gifts? I met with someone this week. I said, what do you think your spiritual gifts are? They said, I'm not really sure. Hey, brilliant. Why don't you ask Jesus? Lord Jesus, what's my part to play? How can I serve? What are my gifts? Or maybe you're aware of your gifts. I've not been using them. Oh God, I want to fan them into flame again. Hey, come tonight. We're going to make room tonight to pray, to prophesy, to exercise body ministry. Get yourself signed up to a discipleship pathway. Join a serving team where you can function in these ways. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you speak to people's hearts now? We don't have to 
um, strong arm people, you're able to speak out of this vision to draw people into the areas where you've got for us to grow. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, we worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.